Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk. This is Chris Marwitz. And, you know, as much as... As much as I love to sit there and chit chat with James, it's always nice when we have visitor or a guest with us. But James, it looks like for now it's you and I until our guest calls in, right? Yeah, it's all right. It's good. So, uh, yeah, I know that uh, the last couple couple nights, the last few nights, they started the finals for both the the NBA for both the East and the West. You know, so far the West, you know, is going how we thought it would. You know, as far as uh, Golden State winning the first game, they're going to play again tonight, and more likely they'll win the second game. But I was very surprised. I mean, I I was surprised, but then not surprised to see what's going on in the East. You know, do you want to talk about that? What's going on? Cleveland is on Boston. Yes. Yeah, everybody knew Boston. I mean, Cleveland wasn't that good of a team. And they should have lost with um. They play Indiana, but you know Indiana didn't take them out and when they should have. And then when they end up playing uh, Toronto, Toronto just didn't come to play. So but everybody knew um, Cleveland wasn't good enough to make it to the championship. And just you know, teams just don't want to stop LeBron. That's the problem. But Boston is able to. Yeah, but they know it. Yeah, you know, they only have two. You know, Cleveland could come back. You know, so, only two games. Hey, so you know what? I'd like to go ahead. Looks like James, we actually got our our visitor or our, our guest calling in. So, everybody, uh, I'd like to introduce uh, former NFL player Nesby Glasgow. How are you doing today, Nesby? Hey, hey, I'm doing good today. Now that my memory's back in place. Oh, love it, love it. <laughs> So how are things uh, out in Seattle way? You know what? We had nice, juicy, hot weather, and now we got uh, overcast skies. It's probably 55, 60 degrees. We were like 75, 80. So I'm a little bummed out over that, but you know it is what it is, so you just kind of roll with it. True, true. Yeah, that's kind of kind of our, our our way around here has been we've we've had some pretty good storms through the weekend, but now it's black back to being sunny skies. So I'm kind of okay. happy about that. Uh, so Nesby, we were talking a little bit about uh, what's going on in the NBA, but now that you're on, let's talk NFL. I I, I love hearing what you have to say. Uh, okay. The new thing that's going on right now is the helmet helmet rule. You know, we we've kind of talked about this, and I know it's been going around. But anyway, the NFL announced in March that they they had clarified at its. Oh, sorry. Let me just say this again. So the new helmet rule that the NFL announced back in March has been clarified on the May first meeting. You know, the initial rule put into play where fifteen where they'd get a fifteen yard penalty and ejections would happen just for using your helmet in a contact situation. The new wording has the rule apply only to obvious and or flagrant helmet hits. So how easy is this going to be to train, you know, as a coach, tra- train the players how to hit right, um, as well as the officials how to spot everything? It's not. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, so now we're just saying you're trying to have guys wear a helmet and keep their head totally out of things. I mean, I mean, with that being said, they would be better off going back to the leather helmets. And I mean, they 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 would by far probably have more success, you know, keeping their head out of the way at that point, you know, by putting on a, a thick leather helmet or, or hat as opposed to the hard shell ones that they wear because uh, it's going to be so hard to untrain what has been tra- trained in the guys their entire lives. So, I mean, you know, even if you hit with the, the front part of the helmet, I mean, that that's a violation. So, you know, you need to learn how to start, you know, keeping your head out of all the tackles. And, you know, as long as you have a hard shell helmet, I don't think that's possible. Right. 
James, what, what, what do you think on that? You know, football is football. I mean, you're not going to stop the way they come in hitting and uh, the defense, you know, reacting. You know, it's almost like they're trying to stop Pop Warner football, you know, because of the head injury. I don't know, Nesby. Have you seen a, a head injury with Pop Warner? I haven't seen one. No. I mean, and they're trying to stop that, but it's almost like you said, Nesby. They might well go back to flag football there. You know, because... Pretty much. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just too hard, especially if you're running at a guy and he lowers his head, you're going to lower your head. I mean, you know, you're not, you're not going to want to catch this helmet in your chest. So you use that helmet, you know, it'd be a helmet to helmet and then it slides to the right or left. And then your shoulder pads and your arms and everything else come into play. So, uh, and, and you're talking about, you know, everything happening at light speed. It's, I mean, you know, it's, it's the best football players in the world. And most of us are very agile, quick and savvy and, and, uh, you know, as long as we have that, that helmet on our head, you know, we're, we're going to be an exceptional force to be reckoned with because we're going to use that helmet. So unless they want to change the, the makeup of the helmet, the helmet's going to always be used because it's you, I mean, you feel safer, you know, I think at times, you know, even, even leading with it if somebody's putting their head down because, you know, you don't, you don't want to catch that helmet in your chest or something. Jack up your sternum, so it's kind of like, you know, or just embarrass you and put you on your ass, excuse me, and put you on your butt. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you meet, you, you, you're bred to meet, or to meet force with force. And so and, until they decide to do something, I mean by that, to reconstruct the helmet, then the helmet's going to always be and stay involved in the shackle because it's more than just a, a player's safety. It's it's what a player uses it for. So, I mean, who will be kidding? Yeah, it's 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 going to be it's going to be a tough role. It's going to be tough to, to change people's ways of how they hit and, and as well as officiate. So, that's true. Oh, no question. So, okay, I don't know if you heard, but Des Bryant was offered a contract to play with the Baltimore Ravens. And they're so far that they're the only team known to extend him an offer, you know, and he turned them down. So my question to you, is this a, a smart or a short-sighted view from uh, Dez? Well, what did they offer him? That hasn't been disclosed. So, I mean, I mean it comes down to a point, at least with Dez, that, you know, he, he's free to say this is where I'm at. I mean, and, and my point is that uh, I, I have these conversations all the time, and my point is that, you know, if someone tells you this is what they're willing to give you and you have your position where this is where you need to be to play, then if you're serious about this is how much you need to be able to play another year, then it's his call. I mean, he's played a long time. He gets to say if I go out there on the field, this is the minimum amount of money that I want to get. Now, to most of us, it's going to be, man, you didn't lost your goddamn, I'm sorry, you didn't lost your mind because, you know, you know, regardless, I would still suspect it's going to be in the, in the millions or a million plus what they've offered now. So, you know, to go hang out and run down the field and, you know, play something, you know, you've been, loving to play your entire life, you know. Everybody gets to they have that bottom line number they need to get. And, you know, if, it, if he doesn't get it, you know, he's in a position to say, you know, I'm okay not playing this year. You know, he'll finish his rears, you know, his all-time Cowboys great. He'll end up in their ring of honor and all that kind of good stuff. And, you know, he'll, he'll finish the game, you know, as – you know, one of the greatest players ever played for the Cowboys. So, I mean, he still has a uh, – he still has that. I mean, you know, a, a lot of people think he's, you know, he's a very selfish player and always about him, and, and that much is true. But at the same time, you know, he's had a successful career with that mindset. 
Right. You know, I've, I've always questioned his inability to be that consummate teammate. But in, in terms of, of making plays and, and, and playing hard, you know, that's something that nobody will ever be able to take away from him. So, and like I said, he's played long enough where if, if they don't want to give him the number that he wants, you know, you know, hopefully he's in the financial position to just, you know, you know, I, I'm sure he'll get, you know, a look at ESPN. They'll want to talk to him because he has that type of outgoing personality that I believe mm-hmm. would do great in front of the camera. You know, you may have to be careful about what he might say, but at the same sure. time, you know, he'd be somebody, you know, that, you know, as long as he can, you know, separate himself and not compare himself to others, that I think would, you know, would be one of those ideal kind of guys because of his name recognition, how long he's played, who he's played for. And then just his verbiage, you know, who he is, his expectations. And I think the one thing that would be different about him, he would call a spade a spade if nothing else. He would say, you know, this, this guy could have did better, guy should have did better. Yeah. So he, he sometimes that's that. needed too. So let's take a break. When we come back, um, I have some more stuff to discuss with with you at the NFL. So we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. And this is Chris Marwitz. And oh, Chris, you know, you James and I have been sitting here talking about what's going on. And James, I'm, I'm like I said, I, I love talking to you, but it's always nice when we have a guest, right? Yeah, it is. And we have a really good guest with yeah. us today, right? Yeah, so you call me? <laughs> you better say yeah. <laughs> so I, 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 I want to go ahead and, and introduce our guest one more time, former NFL player Nesby Glasgow. Hey, how's everybody doing out there? Good, good, good. So, Nesby, it's been a while since we've had you on. You know, you, you, you're always able to give some really good input, some good insight on things, and that, that's why I love having you. Well, you know, I mean, I, I was—I guess you can say—I was born with the gift of gab. Uh, but I, I think probably one of my strongest natural attitudes I've been told is that I can look at things from another person's perspective and mm-hmm. get a pretty good idea of, you know, his do's and don'ts, you know, his values, what kind of like what makes him tick, you know. Right. And I've kind of right. always had that, that natural knack where I could meet some guy and talk with him and then, you know, really size him up where, you know, because at times I've had conversations with him. They're like, man, you got all that in the conversation. I say, yeah. They're like, wow, okay. So you, you know, maybe I've grown up you, you actually listen to what people say. Do that. So I don't know where it's from, but, yeah. you know. Well, it's, it, it, it's a good attribute. It is good. So, yeah. uh, 
it appears that the Carolina Panthers will have a new owner after the owners' meeting on May 22nd. The new owner will Chris, be Donald Chris. Tepper. Yes? Chris, hold on. Let me clear up something. Ned. Oh, boy. Okay, go Ned. ahead. You got the floor. Well, you didn't ask. Ned, Des Bryant was offered three million, three years for, uh, for seven million, 21 million a year. You know, he said he didn't want it because he just wanted a one year contract. You know, and then he want to get that big one. But my thing is, like you said, Ned, if you're getting old, you better take that money like you better get it right now, right? Well, I mean, I mean, my, my point is that a, a rational person would really think that through. So, and, you know, you know, his, his, his years of being a elite superstar, you know, are in the rearview mirror. And, and I think, you know, until he's, until he's ready to face that, uh, you know, he's not, you know, even though he still believes he's an elite receiver, you know, uh, nobody's going to pay him like he's an elite receiver. And so, you know, you, you have to realize that at a certain point, you know, you, you can't demand what you used to get. So either you are ready to get what you can and continue to play, you know, or, you know, you decide not to take what you can get and, and, and walk away. Right. Now, for us, we jump all on that. But once again, for him, you know, I mean, a lot of these guys have made so much money that it's, uh, it, it makes them sometimes irrational where, you know, they're, they're not really thinking it through because even the money that you're talking about making, you know, averaging 21, you know, I mean, 21, $2 million, $1,000 a year, okay? Uh, you know, that, that's a lot of change. So, you know, and if somebody still wants to pay you that type of money, then, you know, you're still not nowhere near the, the bottom of the heap. And, you know, and nothing else, you can, you can try to get a little bit more, but at the same time, you know, I, I wouldn't call that a, a slap in the face offer because, you know, that, that still puts you, you know, in the middle of the road in terms of what guys are making. And, and you know, when you're on your way out, if you can get that kind of change and you still want to play, then you should play. Yeah, but if your team that drafted you and you figure you should stay with it, then offer you take a pay cut, that means they don't want you. The people in the league don't want you, right? So, well, what if, I mean, the, the people in the league will show that they don't really, you know, want you if if nobody makes an offer. Now, if somebody makes an offer and you don't have anybody else making an offer, then you got to really consider that offer. You know, maybe you can come back with something else. You know, and it may and it may not work, but at, at, at some point, you got to say yay or nay. Now, once again, you know, I, I hope he saved all his nickels and made good investments, you know, because when you want to turn down, you know, $2 million a year, then uh, that's not chump change. It really isn't. I mean, even even for a professional athletes. I mean, you know, you got guys making 20, 30, you know, $35 million, but then you got guys that, you know, are still making that, you know, 500, you know, 750, you know, 850, you know, maybe one, two, one, three, something like that. You know, you're going to get 2.1 to essentially, you know, hang out in the twilight of your career. So now if he thinks he's going to have this, you know, super all-pro year, whatever else, you know. I, I would just say, hey, you know, he's free to, to have that belief. But at the same time, uh, the Cowboys would not have let him go if they saw that kind of light was left in him. And that's the team that truly knows who they're dealing with and who they're bargaining with and what kind of guy he really is. So if they let you go after all those years, and to me, that, that, that's, a, that's a telling sign because they're saying that your shelf life is over. But like, like most guys, you know, I think he has the ability to still uh, prove his old team wrong. You know, I think he'll still be able to go out there and, and, and make some plays and, and make a couple of things happen. But it's not going to be at the same level that he once did because he's not going to be the main guy on the team. So... 
you can't be, you can't not be that main guy on the team and then expect to be paid like you're the main guy on the team. It's just not realistic. So if he wants to play again, you know, the kind of money he's looking at is between $2.1 and $2.5 million a year. He can say yes or no. And then move on to his life's work. You know, he can either try the ESPN gig or, you know, I'm not sure. But uh, that's that's just how it's going to be. So then and the sooner he realizes that and, and reaches that conclusion, the better off he's going to be. So if he does decide not to play, guess what? He, he did what he wanted to do, and he had the ability to make that choice because, you know, he didn't need a, a whole lot more extra money. But at the same time, I think that he's a player that really enjoys playing football. He finds his identity in playing football. So, you know, if he can get a chance with somebody, I, I think he'll take that chance in the end at some point possibly. Yeah, that's that's true. I, I, I think he should take the money. He should have he he was probably foolish not to sign with with Baltimore and, and I guess that's that's kinda of where I was getting at with the whole thing is why he didn't. So Anyway, uh, so well, you know, it's, about when, one, when I, when I was, it's always about one psyche, you know. We, uh, we 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 look at things, you know, through our own lens, and and you know, we reach our own conclusion, and we come up with what we think is fair and what we think is not fair, and you know, and 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 so many others will some ever agree with us, but you know, that's our position, that's where we stand, and you know, maybe that's where he's at. So. Would you took a pay cut? Any better than we saw the last we've seen of Des Bryant. So there you go. Yes, would you took a pay cut your last year? Would I have taken a pay cut my last year? Uh, probably not. But my so my position was, different. you know, what I was making, what they're paying me, you know, it, it was more than, you know, I, I brought value to them. So I mean, that that was never. You know, especially towards the end of my career, you know that that was that was never uh, a, a big issue because you know I, I knew that you know what I was making, comparatively speaking, you know was like the middle of the road of guys you know that had played as long as I have and that kind of stuff. But I was still able to play at a high level. So, and as long as you're able to play at a high level, then you know. Somebody else will always look at you. I mean, you know, even after I retired, you know, I got asked back for a 16th year, but I knew I hadn't done the things that I needed to do. I, I had a, I had my own issue about conditioning, and so I would always start working out that second week in February. And I said to you, I made a, I made a self pledge. So like I said, the year that I don't work out that second week of February would be the year that I know for sure that I was done. So. When that happened to me after that 15th season and I got a call to, you know, come play for a team, I just said, you know, and, and I told the coach, thanks, sir. I said, you know, I, I made a, a vow or pledge to myself that if I had to start working out the second week of February, that let me know that I wasn't serious about playing football. Because back then we didn't have this year-round program. We didn't have people, you know, feeding us certain foods every day and all that. You know, we were on our own. You know, we ate fast food and all that kind of stuff. But for me, at least, I knew that if I could physically compete with young guys, I would always intimidate them. So I'd always start working out the second week of February. You know, running, conditioning, you know, doing gassers, working on my footwork. And so, you know, and I got so many compliments from guys who had no idea that I had played as long as I did. But, you know, I went to work and I went home. And then, like I said, Every year, after my second year in the league, after having a long conversation with one of the greatest players I've ever played, with Joe Washington, I worked out that second week of February, and I knew going into training camp I would be one of the guys that was in the best of shape. And when you have an old fart like me that can do all the physical things that those young guys were doing, they would always tell me, man, how have, you, how have you been able to do this this long? And, and that was that was my secret, I guess. I, I I knew if I could compete with them physically, it would mess them up, and it did. Nice. Well, you know what? we got to take another break. When we come back, we'll talk more about what's going on in the, in the NFL. We'll be right back. Goals, goals, 
your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or drop an email to Loving That Sports Talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. Uh, again, this is Chris Marwitz, and uh, James and I are sitting here talking with our guest. I'm kind of excited, James, aren't you? Always a happy mess be on here, but he still won't get on that golf course with me. <laughs> James, 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 let it go. Let it go, James. Just <laughs> all that crap. Even, even though, you know even though I'm I broke down, James, I'm still wanting to play you on the golf. I'm still wanting to meet you on the golf course. I, 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 I recall the time that you guys talked about getting together to play, and it hasn't happened yet. It ain't happened. Sure it ain't happened. Happen. Okay, we're gonna be like that McGregor and that um, uh, Mayfield fight, right? Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Well, that's it. gonna be fun. Gonna be fun. We'll see what happens. So. All right. So I'm gonna talk about the Carolina Panthers. So they're gonna have a new owner. Looks like as of uh, the meetings on May 22nd, his name is David Tepper, and presently he's a minority owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The sale is worth $2.2 billion. It basically, it's a record for any NFL team. Uh, my question to both of you is, what does this amount say about professional sports teams? James, what, what, what do you think? No, I don't know. The money's there. You know, um, I just understand, you know, all these billions and billions. Then they say they don't have the money to pay this and that. But they spend right. millions. I mean, I just don't get it with these owners, you know. But, I mean, if you got billions of dollars, you can become one of these three. I mean, owners. What happens yeah, when yeah. our kids grow up, Naz, and what did that be, $9 billion? I don't know, Naz, about this. Help me out with this one. You know, uh, I, I think when you, you look at sports uh, in this country and how it's evolved, you know, it started with baseball players uh, being paid an enormous amount, basketball players, uh, you know, football players. We still haven't caught up with those guys. But, you know, so my point is that at the end of the day, you can look at the cities that have uh, professional teams and and see how much revenue is generated from those professional teams that are in that city and how much money has been generated over the years. 
and uh, you know it's it's a, it's an unbelievable amount when you look at the number of employees that each organization has. Not like it's Amazon or or Microsoft, you know, where they have a gazillion people working for organization. We have a small group of people that are that are generating, you know, billions of dollars each year. And uh, you know, there's probably not a, a big city in America that would not want to have a, a major sporting franchise uh, in their city because it, it does do a lot uh, for the citizens of the city. At the end of the day, you know, it generates a, a lot of revenue, not just for the city, but for the people living in the city, uh, whether they're buying, you know, uh, guys' jerseys, you know, signing, you know, autographs the guys give, you know, going to the game. I mean, you know, the, the money that's spent at each and every game. I mean, that that that, that money you know, allows the city to grow and, and, and do certain things. So, you know, as long as, as our sporting entities are as important to the general mass as they are, where people will, you know, spend what they have left instead of on vacation, you know, on Super Bowl tickets or, you know, on season tickets, you know, as, as long as a nation that we have that mentality, and our sporting entities are going to be uh, the greatest, probably the most profitable group of entrepreneurs, you know, in, in the country. Because when you look at what they do and how much revenue they generate and, you know, their their overall cost, they, they get really fixed what their overall cost is going to be because they have all these elaborate rates of what we're going to pay, what we're going to set aside for labor. And, you know, you have a lot of wealthy football players. You have a lot of wealthy professional sports athletes, and you have, you know, let's look at how many billionaires that weren't billionaires when they came in the NFL, you know, that are billionaires today. And you can go right down the line, whether it's baseball, basketball, whatever you want. I mean, a lot of these owners are now billionaires. So when you have lived all these years being a billionaire, you are truly, you know, top of the food chain, elitist, uh, and you're going to do everything you can to keep that working. And right now, the NFL, probably the best thing they do better than anybody else is that they're always protecting their brand. So, you know, this, this helmet issue is going to get fixed, and they're going to need to decide, you know, if you go back to a softer helmet or, you know, how can we really train these guys to keep their head out of the tackle? And that's going to be hard to do because there will be times where, there's no way you're going to be able to keep your head out of the tackle. But if you knew your head wasn't protected, you know, 1,000% or 1%, whatever you want to call it, then you do a better job of keeping that head out of the way. Yeah. Some truth to that. But, you know, James and I were talking last week, Nesby, regarding, you know, what a contract that, that uh, Ryan signed with Atlanta, $30 million for, yeah. for, for, for a year for the next <laughs> – Four years, and 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 when is it going to stop? Well, no, okay, it's not going to stop because whether you're talking about basketball, football, or baseball, teams are going to pay, but they can't afford to pay and keep their players. So you know, you keep seeing these high numbers, and they're shocking. But guess what? That's what they have in the kitty. That's what they've already set aside the year before. This is the number we're going to probably have to be at to get this guy, to keep this guy. And they make those decisions, you know, based on the guy, you know, play latest career, you know, he's a go or he's a no-go. This is how much money, how much money we're going to set aside for him. Now, I guarantee they do that for almost every player on their team. You know, the guys that are on special teams, you know, if, if you have a role on special teams, then guess what? You have a significant role on your football team, just like the starters. You know, they're, they're a group of special team guys that they want to really make sure they try to keep. And so they will set aside a salary for them just like they do for their starters. And, and that's just how it is. And so when, when you have someone get paid that kind of money, uh, don't be shocked by it because the NFL is already prepared for it. They already had a good idea of what, they were, what was needed to keep him, you know. And so they, they really stay more times than not within that area. And so they've already set aside those funds you know, 
for the next group of guys that they need them to, that they know or they believe they need to sign to keep their team successful. Well, man, they got to do something because if, if it's 30 now, the next contract will be 32, 35. Think maybe five, six years. A quarterback will make $100 million. Now you got tickets. I mean, it's already spent to go to game. Not playoff game is even more. So the Super Bowl, you pay five, six thousand dollars for a nosebleed seat. I mean, what well, is it going to stop? James, James, you don't have, James. Yeah. I, I, I'll say this: that they're they're only really getting what the market bears. So it could be thirty-five next year. But if they get that, the market can bear it. They're they're they're, they're not. You, you can really look at. Football players in general, you know, when, when you look at professional athletics, you know, I mean, I mean, look at the basketball guys. You know, you got a guy like LeBron, you know, that looks like he's going to be able to play forever. And they're going to pay him that way because of how he plays on the basketball court. But you got 15 you know, players. Um, you know, he's the most dominant individual player in the game right now. And, you know, even though, what is it, 17 you're playing, he is still a badass. He is still a guy. Get up and down the court. He's still outrunning a bunch of guards, you know, stopping the basketball. So he's still got some, you know, pep in his step and succeed. But the NFL is not going to pay what he can't afford to pay. So, you know, don't don't get caught up with these high numbers that you're looking at. Uh, I mean, I, I've been on that other side of the room where we sit down, we go over, you know, all the different numbers, you know, uh, you know, how much you can pay the guys. And, and then we, we start figuring out, you know, you know, this is one guy we got to keep, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, you, you have to do this, you know, before you get to that spot. So when that guy gets that number that he gets, more times than not, the team is not shocked that this is what it took to get him. Because they, they've done all their due diligence to find out, you know, what the, what the market rate's going to be for the year. They'll see what other guys are getting. And then we sit in the room, and you know it, it changes. You know, sometimes it goes up, it goes down, but it but it does change. And then you know you get a number that you're comfortable with, and you know you decide to negotiate. You don't start that number, but you know that that's the number you're you're confident signing him for. So even though he got thirty, you know he could have had thirty three in the book for him because you don't know. Right. Well. It's 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 kind of it's kind of shock. It is shocking. It is shocking to see the amounts and then the amounts that they're paying the players. But you know, I understand they already have it in the budget and they're prepared for it. So anyway, yeah, let's, yeah, let's take our last break. Do it because, Correct. Uh, NFL owners have been the stingiest group of uh, professional owners, you know, for a long time now. Uh, and so uh, you know, when 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 they pay that kind of money. Trust me when I say to you, they're not shocked. It's not like, you know, they're surprised they had to pay that. Right, right. Well, tell you what, let's take our last break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about what's going on, uh, the latest thing regarding the sports betting. So we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN. The Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. Again, this is Chris Marwitz and... James, uh, it, it, it's been a pretty good show. You know, you, you, you've had, you and, you and Nesby have been able to have some pretty good discussions going on. I think you like doing that because you really don't want to discuss about what we should be. That's the yeah, let let golf go, game. You don't want to be talking that way. Just let it go. Let it go. So I'm going to let him run it today, but he knows what we need to be discussing. Where, when, or what time. How many holes. James, That's James, it. James, James. If you're scared, get a dog. Stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Okay, guys. All right. So, so the last thing I want to talk about is the, the, the biggest news, you know, in the last couple of days that's come out regarding the U.S. Supreme Court. You know, they've, they've recently ruled on a sports betting case that basically eliminated a 25-year-old uh, federal statute. You know, and this now opens the door for states to allow legal sports wagering. A lot of states already have sports betting laws on the books, you know, so in order for them to allow betting, they've got to, you know, change things, and some will, some won't. But the main thing that would benefit a state to allow betting would be, you know, tax breaks. So my question to you guys is, should the NFL uh, get in this and request a portion of the profits? You know, keep in mind the NBA is already requesting 1% cut of all basketball-related bets. You know, and they also need to consider casinos and sponsorships. You know, how's that going to fit in? So, Nesby, what do you think about this? Well, I mean, if uh, if, if uh, baseball gets approved, then football should get approved. I mean, I think that it, it's something that really wasn't needed. Uh, you know, you we we had a, a large group that's going to become even larger now of uh, uh, people making bets and, and losing their money. So that's, that's never good. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, it, it was good enough the way we had it. And I wish they had it left it alone, but you know, this is America. I mean, we're living in some tumultuous times right now. And, and I don't, I don't think opening up gambling throughout America is going to benefit America. That's just my position. And, and the way it was already set, uh, most people were okay with the way it was already set. So it's kind of like, you know, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm, I hope I'm wrong that you know it doesn't blow up and and things get worse. You know, you have more gamblers in the city, have more issues that come up, and I'm hoping that you know that the revenue that these cities really hope that's going to be generated, you know. It's not at the cost of, you know, the citizens that live in that community, that live in that state. Right, right. James, what, what, what's your opinion on this? Walmart was playing Nazi is miracle marijuana. When they made that, the government wants some of that money. They figured if you get that money, you make it illegal, that's the way to get the money, you know. They won't lose all this so much. It's like how they took over. Look how the NFL took over fantasy football, you know. At first, it wasn't the NFL. The NFL bogeyed that, you know, and took over it. You know, they wanted some of that money that was going into it, you know. So anything they feel they can make some money off, they're going to handle it, take over it, and let it happen. College football, they're going to start paying them because they're going to figure out a way. They sell these guys' jerseys in college, figure out a way to make some money off it. So that's just how they are. And you know how they are with the government. So don't surprise me. Yeah, I, I just I just think that there's, you know, I, I agree with what Nesby's saying, you know, they need to come up with something, but they also needed to, you know, with fantasy football, yeah, that that's that's a huge thing, and players are even playing it, you know, but uh, something something needs to happen. So but before we end the show, uh, guys, I I just. I, I, you know, there, there's things that I've been reading about people. You know, they're they're leaving the sport, they're stepping away, they're moving on to their next, 
stage in life. But so, so, so Nesby, let, let me start with you. Uh, when you stepped away from football, did you have a plan, or did you just, or did you discuss it with anybody, or did you just let things happen until you were ready? You know, and given what you know now, what would you suggest to anyone who's thinking about retiring from a professional sport? Uh, well, well, first of all, I, I think uh, now it's by far easier to retire uh, from uh, professional sports, in, in, including football. You know, they they have one of the best packages out there in their 401k. You put in 9000 or 10005 and the league puts in twenty k. So for every 10000 you put in, they put in twenty. So, uh, I mean, that that's a great program. Uh they they do a, a lot more of really trying to teach uh, players how to how to manage their wealth, how to leave the game with a bunch of money, as opposed to you know giving you the money and then you you, you know you swing for the fences with it. So I, I think the NFL has really done a good job of just trying to prepare their guys for life after football, and they have so many programs in place. My only gripe with them is that they cut off the old guys like me. You know, if you've been on the league. 15 years or more, then you, you don't get all the little benefits that are, that are taking place right now. But, you know, at, at the same time, you know, uh, I think guys are just better prepared. And, uh, I mean, even when you look at, you know, uh, the way a, a lot of guys talk, you know, when you put uh, a mic in front of them, there, there are more today that really think about what they're going to say and then are able to really say that and communicate than, uh, you know, some of the older guys that I played with, you know, yeah, some guys that you didn't want to have them talk in front of a mic. But, you know, a, a lot of that has changed. And, and, and guys are just more savvy and, and more educated. And, you know, they they go on things, you know, they join ventures with other players. And so, you know, they, they really know how to better protect their, their wealth and, and prepare for life after football. I, I think they're doing by far a much better job of that. And as long as they continue to do that, you know, the, the NFL will be able to stand proud because, you know, you know, every every time, you know, you hear about a player, you know, going under or, you know, just, uh, you know, losing all his money, you know, you, you feel heartbroken and, you, and you're disappointed. But, you know, that's, that's also a part of life. But like I said, today, you know, guys are making so much money and, and guys are really learning how to protect their wealth a lot better. Uh, and I've always been impressed with just, Listening to guys talk today, as compared to guys you know years ago when when I was playing, and it's a it's a it's a whole different mentality. I mean, you're gonna always have a couple of eggheads, but there are far more serious guys that are preparing for life after football than guys that are just out there playing football. And you know, hey man, I get done, man, then I'll figure out what I'm gonna do next. You know, these guys have already figured out what they want to do next, and they're already getting prepared for it. And that just lets you know, you know, that, that really gives you that first step of becoming successful. Yeah, that's true. You know, but for me, you know, you asked me about, you know, what was I thinking about? You know, the one of the biggest reasons I retired, too, is that, you know, it was time for me to start spending time with my kids. You know, they were playing football. And I got a chance to coach them. You know, I got a chance to do some things in the NFL, you know, that, you know, I was, I was blessed to be able to do. So, you know, at this point in one's life, I don't really have any regrets. You know, uh, probably only regret I do have is not being married anymore. So I'm going record of saying that, you know, I, I messed up a, a real good thing. And I'll, I'll take the blame for it. You know, I mean, do, do stupid things, you know. You know, you, you don't know what you're doing and things happen. And then, you know, you lose someone that's near and dear to you and you can't undo it. So. Uh, but, you know, at, at the same time, you know, I, I think that uh, the NFL is just, they're, they're, they're doing uh, enough things to keep guys from failing when they're lead because that, too, is part of protecting their brand. And and so I don't care what reason they have. They, they are doing a better job, and the guys are adhering to it. And, you know, you're, you're hearing about more guys getting started in business even before they leave the game. So, uh that's the mindset of players today as opposed to, you know, our generation, our era. You know, we're just happy to get that kind of money. You know, we're having fun in the sun, blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and what happens tomorrow, that's tomorrow. Where you have guys today that are truly preparing for tomorrow. And a lot of it has to do with the programs that the NFL has in place. Because even for us, 
I'll go on record as saying that for an NFL guy to say that the NFL doesn't provide any protection for former players uh, at this stage in one's career is so untrue because uh, they 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 do have things in place to to assist us, you know. And all you have to do is pick up the phone and, and make that toll free you know call to the NFL office, and you can call the NFL PA office or the NFL alumni office. Uh, when I came down with my sickness, uh, you know, I put in calls to both, and they both answered me with a resounding, hey, we have your back, so just let us know, you know, what you need. If, you know, the situation, you know, gets overwhelming and, and blah, 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 you know, we got you covered. So so you you have to be able to make that call. You can't let your NFL pride get in your way, I guess you understand. And that's right. what a lot of us do, especially old guys like me. So if you're in need of help, Please call the NFL PA office or call the NFL alumni office. You call the NFL alumni office, ask for Dana. Call the NFL PA office. You can ask anybody who you talk to on that phone, I need help, and I need it now. Nice. Well, uh, James, I'm, I'm sorry. I ran out of time to, to have, ask you on the I'm sorry, James. You. Not really, but I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's why, that's why hey, James, we have you on here. Hold on, hold on, James? James, James. Yeah. When am I going to yeah. get my my soundtrack? <laughs> to start, uh, yeah. no. when am I going to get that, James? Yes, sir. I hear you. Oh boy. Well, tell you what, guys. Uh, we're going to have to end the show now. So I'll let you guys continue this conversation on the phone on your own. But in the meantime, Nesby, thank you for being on. It's always great hey, having you that, here. Man. I learned so much, you too, and and. It's 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 always a great thing to be able to talk to you. So God bless you. Thank right. you for being here, and uh, everyone else listening. We'll be back next Wednesday, James. I'll be here. You'll be here, and we'll do it again. All right, you guys take care. Have a wonderful uh, right. evening tonight, and then enjoy your weekend. You do Thank the you same. You up. take care. All right. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Oh,